Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. During the summertime when the weather gets hot, I can only imagine how much time you plan to spend outside with friends and family or on your couch with that AC blasting. AT&T 5G and home internet keeps you connected, whether you're at home or on the go, so you can stay connected to your loved ones and to your favorite things. Whether you're sharing pics from the best rooftops, video calling your friends from an outdoor concert, or streaming your favorite show, episode after episode after episode. So connect at home or on the move with AT&T 5G and home internet and create memories and more all summer long. AT&T 5G requires compatible plan and device. Coverage not available everywhere. Learn more at att.com slash 5G for you. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, it's Dean Blandino. Welcome to another episode of Good Calls. Uh, joined by producer Travis Hansen, audio Joe Madrid. We are we are still doing Zoom. I, I imagine until we get to uh, in person, we'll be doing Zoom. Thanks, Joe, for coordinating all this. And uh, and let's uh, let's get right into it, Joe. Um, something happened today that both Travis and I have not had in a while. But what happened to you today? <laughs> Got sick at the gym. A second day back in. You threw up after yeah, working out. Yeah. And what, is, what kind of workout? It was a kick, lots of kicks today. And kicks just kick your ass, man. You're kicking a lot. It's just it's exhausting. And and I'm just not in shape. Like COVID killed me. Which is interesting because I know a lot of people have gone the other way. Like I've, I'm down 14 pounds. Nice. Since since COVID, which is, which is, I'm, I'm actually like at a, probably the lowest, I like to stay around 190 and now I'm like 186. So are you really that small? Nice, I was 186 wow. this morning on the scale. That's pretty impressive. I think that goes really hand in hand with our personalities though. Like you, you really embrace the working out at home and I'll, I need the social, you know, I need the rah-rahs in the background. Yeah. I I'm, I'm thinking about canceling my, my gym membership because I've just been working out at home and jump rope and, and I can do almost everything. I may keep it just in case, but the gym, what your gym open, Joe, which what, any, what are the protocol? So no jujitsu. Um, there, my gym's kind of a smaller mom and pop gym. So it doesn't, it's not really not huge corporate. So it's, pretty much the same a lot a lot less people in in the gym though way less like yesterday we did a boxing class and it was like three people usually there's like 25 i think people are going to because my gym equinox here in santa monica is opening up on wednesday and there's just so many obviously that's a big right this is a big corporate chain 
of gyms and there's so many rules now you have to actually make an appointment through the app. Um, you, you have to maintain social distancing guidelines, wear a mask, unless you're, um, exercising vigorously. So I think Joe, you would have fallen into the exercising vigorously, uh, (laughs) because you vomited. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what people define as exercising vigorously. Cause for me, like if I go to the gym, I'm going to wear the mask unless I'm on the treadmill, unless I'm doing some kind of cardio. Like I, I don't, if I see like, to me, that's a rule. Like, I think if, if that's the rule of exercising vigorously, you can't be on like bench pressing and not wear the mask. I don't consider that like, yes, you're exercising yet, but you're not, you're not going to get winded from benching. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're not, that. unless you're just going for reps, 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 and you're going low weights. Um, I just think it's got to be some form of cardio. Maybe we should create a rule that defines vigorously. That way you could actually throw a flag at somebody in the gym. I, I think it, I think it goes, I think your heart rate, right. It's got to go with, with your heart rate has to reach a certain <laughs> uh, BPM. What is that? You know, what is the resting heart rate for, for Joe, you're, you're clearly, you know, a, a, a highly tuned athlete. <laughs> you know, what is your resting heart rate? Um, and uh, and we can go from there. That's a good. That's a really good. I could see it now. Um, excuse me, sir. I don't think you're working out vigorously. You need to put that mask on. <laughs> you need to put that on. So let me check. Yeah. Let me check your pulse. Is it? No. no everybody should have to wear. Well, you can't a heart touch rate. someone. That's not social distancing. No, but everything. Everyone should have to wear a heart rate monitor with like a with an LED display on their chest. Like, oh, that dude's working out go. vigorously. Look at he's got. He's really getting after it. You're gonna get you're gonna get tested, right? I think part of that is the is the temperature check, and um, you know that that's just part of the deal right now. And I think it's and everybody look, it's just wear a mask. It's not that it's I was like a hardship to wear a mask when you go out. Like, I'm also yeah. a member of Bay Club. I just canceled it though, but they're doing the same exact as Equinox. You have to set an appointment. And I'm like, dude, Make an appointment, yeah. it's too much. So. It is a lot. And so I, I would imagine you're not going to have as many people. I don't not, I don't necessarily like to have to set the appointment, but it is what it is. If I want to stay at the gym, that's what I'm going to have to do. And I'll deal with it. And you just, that's part of the new norm. So, okay, that's what we got to do. I'd like to completely never say the new norm ever again. Well, then what are we going to call it? This is life? Life. This is the stupid time. The, the world this we the live world in. This is the world we live in? Is this <laughs> the world we live in? That's my favorite phrase. This is the world we live in today. This is what it is. Speaking of the world we live in, what an unbelievable chain of events um, with NASCAR over the weekend. And obviously, right, NASCAR is one of our, um, you know, our inventory in Fox, Fox Sports, and, and we broadcast the races and things like that. And, and obviously you have Bubba Wallace, who's, a, who's an African-American racer and uh, has been very outspoken and has, has pushed um, in terms of like Black Lives Matter and everything else with with everything that's going on today. And then the races at Talladega, which is in Alabama, someone left a noose in his garage, Garage, I guess it was Sunday night um, before the race. And obviously, um, you know, it's, is it surprising? No, it, it's not surprising. Unfortunately, it's, it do, it's not shocking. It's not surprising. Um, and what was, you know, the kind of the, the, the shining moment that came out of it was 
all of the racers um, got behind Bubba and pushed his car to the front before the race. And actually, even Richard Petty Sr., who's kind of like the godfather of NASCAR, um, was there showing their support for Bubba. And, uh, and it was one of those kind of seminal moments. But I, I think just the act itself, um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think that way, but I, I, it doesn't surprise me because and it and it what what kind of what's interesting is right we don't want to you don't want to brush with broad strokes you don't want to because we I feel like we do throw the word whether it's you know hillbilly or redneck we throw those words around and and it's okay right it, it's it's okay to to say those words you're not going to get um, a lot of backlash and so we're we're treating a certain group of people that we feel like act a certain way. And, uh, and this to me, it's like you think about someone that would leave a noose in a, an African-American person's anywhere. And what is that person? What do you picture? Right? Like what do you picture in your mind? Joe? Nope. (laughs) Pleading the fifth on this one. But, but you know what I'm saying? I'm picturing the same thing you're picturing. And you're, and you're, you're, what we're doing, what this person is doing is you are, you are, again, you're perpetuating this idea that, right, people from the South or whatever you want to call have this mentality. And not all people think that way, right? Not all people think that way. But what it's doing is it just continues. It's just, it's, and the fact that somebody would, would, would think that and that would do that and would, God forbid, has children and is teaching their children that, and that's the messaging at home. Um, that's the problem. That's why we're on this cycle. It's right? crazy. That, that's, that, that's why we're on this cycle. That that person, whoever did that, thinks that way and is exposed to children, family, whatever it is, and those children are brought up with that ideology, and then we just continue this over and over and over, and nothing changes. The other um, thing that's sad about it is like it, it could possibly be one of those guys that was walking out pushing the car because there's so many limited people that can be at these events right now that right? it's probably someone that's close to him who's had conversations with him and and whether somebody they has think, access to the garage, right? right? So it's not some it's not some random fan that, right. that snuck in. It's somebody related to NASCAR. It's somebody in the garage, somebody in the in that that organization, family, whatever you want to call it. And you're right, Travis, like, could that person or somebody that one of those people in that kind of procession, this this beautiful moment, be the person or know the person that actually did that, that kind of heinous act? I, I don't, is heinous, do I have to say H on heinous? Is there an H? <laughs> there is an H on that. Heinous. I said it right, right? Heinous? Yeah, yeah you don't want to say it without the H, and it sounds something like something else. Heinous? <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to do that. Oh, you don't want to say that, Travis. Oh, <laughs> heinous. Oh, that's, We're going to get censored. My virgin ears. Okay, so, but, but like the bigger picture, and I don't know, I just, I didn't grow up in the South. I don't, and I, but I don't think everybody in the South thinks that way. Um, I just, it, it's, I don't know. It's it's kind of mind-boggling, but it's not surprising. And this is what black people have been saying for a long, long time. That this is what we deal with, you know, every day, you know, on some level. 
and now you're just waking up um, to this reality. And uh, and maybe we are, and and we we've got to kind of figure it out because this is, you know, I was talking to my son and and who's nine, and he was mentioning um, the the riots after after Rodney King, and he you know and, and all of that, and he said. He was like, you know, how does that happen in 1992 and, and we're in 2020 and we're still having these issues? And I said, yeah, I, nothing's changed, right? Nothing, nothing has changed. And, and that's, you know, it's, it, the, the hope is that what we're seeing is that the youth in this country are stepping up and that's going to be the next generation. And, uh, and they have to kind of push this and we all do, we all have to do our part, but the, it's going to be that next generation that, that, that has to make changes because, you know, we don't want to be going through the same thing in 2040. Um, you know, and for me, it's easy for me to say that, right? Because I don't, but for black people in this country, um, they're the ones that are going to have to go through it. And, and we, we've all got to work together to make sure that doesn't happen. Is that the truth? Yeah. The feds have also uh, gotten involved and they're going to take a look at this as well as they both and a case on it to find out if it, any kind of federal law that's been broken here by these people well yeah i don't know what the law could that be considered a hate crime or does a hate crime have to be something what well, could like, be a death threat at a, at a federal level like that so so i think that that's how they're getting involved yeah that's right could, yeah it could be a death threat although i i probably there's some people <laughs> in my time at the nfl that that were guilty of death threats towards me on twitter um but but that's the thing like it is it's just it feel it's it's cowardly. It's like you know I'm gonna leave this and then and then this anonymous thing. It's like people online. And there's a lot of people online that just feel like they can say whatever the heck they want, insult people, and treat people a certain way, and 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 that's not right either. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know. That's the world it, we live it, in it, now, it, Dean. The keyboard that? warriors. That's the world we live in. They call them keyboard warriors. Is that what we call them? Keyboard, keyboard warriors? warriors. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it, you hide it, behind your computer screen and you put blast out whatever you well, want. The internet, look, the internet has right before the internet, you wouldn't. You had to go out and 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 if you, whatever message you wanted to get out, you had to get out in front of people and speak and talk and and you know congregate. Now with the internet, you can. I mean, the messaging. You know whether it's good or bad it's very easy to reach people and and there's a whole generation of kids that are that that's how they get their they get their content they get their news they get their their social um interaction it's it's on the internet and it's very easy for someone that has a message of hate to um you know to distribute that message online you know i was watching a documentary on netflix um uh, call I believe it was the age of rage and it was it was about the alt-right and and then uh, this other guy that was part of Antifa and it's just it's scary and fascinating at the same time as to what you know how the internet allows um, you know a group like you know and and not not to I'm not an expert on the alt-right but there are there are groups out there that that do, push hate and do push a lot of, um, you know, ideology that, that, you know, I don't agree with. I don't think you guys agree with, and they use the internet to, Mm -hmm. to recruit people and to get them to buy into this message. 
and they uh, and then they use the internet to distribute it, and uh, and it's scary. It's really scary what we're uh, what we're dealing with today. The thing I think about with this noose is if it's one of these guys that's involved with with NASCAR, which he probably is, because the like we talked about before, the access they had, like the person who did it probably told somebody else. And if if the feds are involved, and NASCAR has got a heavy investigation in it too, it's going to come out who did it. And yeah, and it would be it. How is there not a camera? There's cameras everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, I bet there is. I have to think there is, right, Dean? There has to be something. Uh, yeah, I would imagine there's cameras everywhere. And I would agree with Travis. Like, if, unless this is one person and they kept their mouth shut, um, somebody else knows. And it'll be very interesting to see if it does, if they do find out who did it or a group of people, whatever it is, what what ultimately what NASCAR does, um, if it is somebody associated with a driver or, you know, a driver themselves, um, and then obviously what, you know, what law enforcement would, would, you know, what kind of, like you said, whether it's a death threat, a terroristic, whatever, it, it'll be really interesting. But again, you know, it was good to see, cause look, the bottom line is NASCAR, people look at NASCAR a certain way, right? You look at, again, think of in your mind, Joe, Travis, what do you, what's your average NASCAR fan look like? You don't have to describe kind of, it, but we I all mean, know. I mean, they kind of look like Travis. About. Right. Right. What we're talking about. And so that is a, it it is a relatively white sport. It is a relatively, you know, white fan base. And it is, there is, there are, there are regions in this country that are, that are more, you know, inclined to, to, to watching NASCAR. And there's no way you can't kind of beat around the bush with that thing. And, and, and it is what we're seeing, right? Why did NASCAR, no other sport, has to has to ban the Confederate flag, right? No, no other sport has to because they don't fly the Confederate flag at other sporting events like they do at NASCAR because because of where you know the people that are grown up in the South and grown up with that history and grown up and and look, I'm not I'm not saying that everybody that flies the Confederate flag is a racist, but it does represent some really bad things that have happened in this country and some really you know, bad things that have happened in the history, especially as you think about African-Americans. And it's just, you know, it, 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 it just shouldn't be a part of what we're trying to do today. All right, Dean, I'm seeing a NASCAR statement now. Oh, just right now? Yeah, so, so just a little more news coming out. It says the FBI has concluded its investigation at Talladega Super Speedway and determined that Bubba Wallace was not the target of a hate crime. The FBI... Re- Report concludes, and the photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose has been positioned there since as early as last fall. This was obviously well before the 43 team's arrival and in garage assignment. We appreciate the FBI's quick and thorough investigation and are thankful to learn that this was not an intentional racist act against Bubba. We remain steadfast in our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for for all who love racing. So, okay, that is, that is news. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so what they're saying is that that was just the way the rope was positioned for the garage, the pulley, that it looked like a noose. Yeah, that's and what that it sounds like. And that was there previously, even before the 43 car was assigned that garage. So, okay. So you know there's going to be a lot of people that think that, that 
you know, that are cynical like me that are going to not necessarily, not, I'm not saying I don't believe that. Okay. If that's what they, they came up with, but they're going to be a lot of people that, that don't believe that that's the case. Oh, right? for sure. And that's interesting. I mean, we got, we go through this whole thing, this whole conversation and now that's what they figured out that it was not a noose at all. That's it's going to be interesting to see people's reactions. Um, well, did, know, they, did they state this is not a noose or is it saying it's been there forever? It sounds like from what Travis read, right? Travis, you're, you've, you're looking at it that this was the rope was there. Well, yeah, they said before. at least since last fall. Yeah. So my question is, are they saying it's not a noose or this rope has been there since last fall? It's, it, well, I, I mean, it says fashioned like a noose, so it, so it, it's a pole rope. So maybe it was fashioned like a noose, so that you could grab it because you're going to yeah. pull it. Mm. I haven't seen any photos of it. It just wow. I mean, it's very there's there's a lot of coincidence there. Yeah, yeah. To say that that was that it looked like a noose and it was there since last fall, and and Bubba Wallace, who I think is the only African American driver at that race you know that his his garage i don't know that's what if that's what they say that's what they say it's just it's going to be interesting to see how people react to that every person that's ever taken a picture of that garage is going to be going through their phone looking for it in the background so it, it'll come out that's interesting all right well there you go um another layer to the story wow so we'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of see we'll see where it goes from there Interesting. You know, on a lighter That's note, this, this reminds me about the time that uh, that dude put the cannolis in your dressing room at Fox. <laughs> oh, my God. That, see, it always comes back to the Italian-American discrimination. <laughs> by no means, by no means are we saying that someone putting a cannoli in my dressing room is the same. <laughs> Speaking of cannoli... <laughs> uh, I have in my freezer right now Ben and Jerry's cannoli ice cream, which I will be trying tonight. Um, oh, you got a live tweet about that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, what I've found with these Ben and Jerry's is doing these um, limited flavors, these new flavors. And what I've found, it's much ado about nothing. It's a lot of hype, not a lot of substance. And I always go back to, I always go back to the king, the top of the heap, the chairman of the board, half-baked. Okay. But there have been some that have been like, okay, not bad for, for a pint, you know, a one-off. Netflix and Chilled isn't bad. To, what's that? Netflix and Chilled isn't bad. Yeah, but like you said, it isn't bad. Half-Baked is life-changing, and um, peanut butter half-baked is pretty solid, too. I feel like it's, uh, it, no matter what comes out, it's kind of like your first love. That's always going to be top of the food chain for you. It is. It is. What was, okay, let's, Travis, what was your first love? Doesn't have to be a person. What was the first thing you remember loving? Probably baseball, to be honest with you. Like, I, I was just a kid and just, I, I looked up to my older brother who started playing baseball before me and I just wanted to pick up a bat and a ball and start playing. Um, I remember as a kid going to like my dad's softball games and, and it's just, it's just like such great memories of running around in a park and, and, and just kind of having freedom as a kid running around and, seeing the game and being around the game joe uh still looking still looking still waiting for it mine's probably baseball too but i can't stand baseball anymore so it's kind of weird it doesn't it's really funny. work with what I'm i said gonna, i'm gonna 
I'm going to complete the Holy Trinity. For me, it was baseball too. Wow. Um, my how, dad, how the times have changed. It's yeah. I mean, we, my dad loved baseball. He got us into baseball. That's why I'm a Dodger fan growing up in New York. Cause he grew up in Brooklyn and stayed a Dodger fan when they moved to LA. Um, and that's what I remember. I remember, you know, being young and, and watching Dodger games and, um, going out in the yard and playing baseball. It was definitely my first love without question. Yeah. We talked about, it, you know, we talked about the tape ball this weekend. We, we had a whole tape ball discussion. Oh yeah. The, uh, how we, the, yeah. And all the, the different games, right. It. All the different, what's great about what, what's great about baseball is that you can, as a kid, you can play different variations of the same game, right? You can play stick ball. You can play wiffle ball. You can play tape ball. There's all these different, it's a bat and a ball, right? Somebody's throwing it and you can do, I mean, we used to get, we used to play running bases. You ever play running bases? No, it's that. So it was almost like, so you'd have, you'd have two, you'd have two bases at either end and two people with gloves, like, and everybody else would get in the middle and you'd throw the ball back and forth and you had to run back and forth to the bases and you could like slide in and have a play at one base. And then if mm-hmm. you, you know, if you got caught, then you were one of the people with the glove. And so we used to play that for hours. Um, you know, we play stoop ball where you throw the ball off the stoop and try to hit it into the street for a home run. There's so many variations of baseball. Did, um, did you guys ever play cup ball? This is one we always played. You'd be at the ballpark and maybe your game got done and your brother was playing or, or another family member or someone was playing. You'd wad up a, a plastic cup or a paper cup and then you just use your hand as the bat. That's no, that's wow. kind of, that's uh. that's really that Travis. I don't. Yeah, I mean that was the variation we played. Feel, I actually feel bad for you now. Actually, uh, in, like, um, in in recent news, Dean Blandino donates one thousand wiffle balls and and baseball bats to the city of Casper, Wyoming. Casper, yes. Wyoming. <laughs> I'm going to send for those poor children that grew up like Travis, hitting Dixie cups around the baseball with their hand. Right. You make oh. you make do with what you have. You do. And on that note, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get an update. Where are we with the four major sports as we prepare for a return next on Good Call? What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. 
how doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, we're back on Good Calls. Let's uh, let's get an update. Let's talk a little bit about the latest. We'll start with the NFL. Um, obviously, look, we're we're getting more cases of COVID, more testing as these players. Uh, start to get tested more and more we're getting you know more positive results and, and that's that's the reality that's going to happen um i think that's in all the leagues you know every, everybody's experiencing that we're experiencing spikes in certain states where people have have gotten you know opened up and, and you know reading that florida and um, i think the concern always has been you know not just the the, the cases but you know the hospital and overloading the hospitals and then what you know, how serious are these cases? Are these people asymptomatic? What, you know, what, what, what is going to result from this? So it's all still, I mean, it feels like, right. Everybody wants to get back to normal. And, and I think with all of the George Floyd, everybody, I think focused on that, you know, properly, but, but COVID didn't go away. And, and, and I think we're back to, um, everybody kind of realizing that, Hey, this is, this is still a thing. And, uh, and we have to, we have to figure this out. So I know the NFL, um, NFL PA uh, medical director, Tom Mayer, um, released a statement saying that, that players shouldn't be practicing together, but of course, who was practicing Travis? What, what, what are we calling him? He's the habitual line stepper is what I called him earlier today. Um, he's Tom Brady. He's he and, at least a dozen teammates were out working out together. So he's speaking of speaking. He put the, he put the photos out with it, with a, the with a caption, no excuses, out, no excuses. I yeah. saw the one and I, I like Tom and, and, yeah. and, and I think, you know, I just, we just need to be smart about this because, and I, and I think, look, they could be working out and, and practicing social distancing, right? They, they, they don't have to be, you know, you're throwing a football, you're running routes. You don't have to be on top of each other. You could be six feet apart and talk and, and understand what they're trying to accomplish. So I think they can be smart about it. So, so I wouldn't jump, jump to any conclusions. What I will do is I, I sent you guys a video and I'd like for you to watch it now. Um, this was a video of Novak Djokovic who, who um, put this tennis tournament together with no social distancing guidelines and it was just reported that he tested positive for COVID. And watch the video. It, this is the after party. So pull that up, Travis. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's if you're see. listening, just Google YouTube Novak Djokovic party. Wow. Okay. Wait, he tested positive? He, he did. did. Yeah, he oh, tested my positive. God. Which one is he? There's 
a dozen he, shirtless he, dudes. He does. He has a shirt on. Okay. So and now there's a guy. The, oh my gosh. <laughs> The guy doing like, the worm. Who is that? Like, I don't think I don't think Novak does the worm. But there's I think two there's dozen shirtless point, guys. There's one point. Where, no, he's wearing a shirt and he's and he has he's on stage and he has like I don't know if they're glow sticks, but there's some kind of glow apparatus. Oh, there he is. Oh yeah, what are those? Those are cool. They look like glow torches almost. Yeah, he has some kind of glow. Again, being a former Guido, I know all about the glow sticks, and and I definitely want whatever he has, but, but so needless to say, he's tested positive. He and his wife, who was also at this event and his wife, they're, they're clearly not, not uh, practicing social distancing. No, no. In this video. And this is the difference between this is there's, there's, you can be responsible and you can be irresponsible. This is irresponsibility at its finest here. And we're not out of this yet. And if we want sports to return, we have to do the right thing. And we can't have, because what's going to happen is if we're not practicing social distancing guidelines, then we're going to have a spike in cases and, and we're not going to have these sports return. And we're going to be stuck back like we were, you know, in April, um, in May, and it's going to suck. So, um, well, I'm just going to say it. I really wish I was at that party. <laughs> I want to look, look in a different world. If we didn't live in the world we live in today, I want to party with Novak Djokovic. Like, like no, no ands or buts about it. Like I, I want in. I just want to, I just don't want to party like that in the middle of a pandemic. That's all. Well, the Can pandemic- we take that and move it to 2021? Hopefully get everybody vaccinated and, and I'm in, I'm in for the tournament. I'll buy a ticket. I want to go to the after party. I'm in. Cause it, it looks, looks like, like a good time, but yeah, not the right time to be doing it for sure. Just not the right time. Um, so back to the NFL, NFL and the NFL PA will have a call on, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, and, uh, and that's to go over the guidelines. I think some of the clubs are still concerned about um, the NFL put out guidelines in terms of um, personnel and their access in the facility to players. Um, they put them into tiers, tier one, tier two, three, tier three, tier one, like coaches and, um, strength and conditioning coaches, people that, that have hands-on with the players, they're in tier one, tier two, um, or uh, even people as important as a GM, a team president, who, who won't, will not have as much access on a daily basis, you know, close proximity with players, they're in tier two, um, and then tier three or, or everybody else. Um, I think some of the clubs are just concerned with the numbers uh, because, you know, just talking – to a couple of clubs, there are clubs that have their facility and their stadium right in the same, you know, compound and they're going to split, right. They're going to split. They're going to have part of their team in the stadium and part of their team in the facility so they can practice social distancing because there's lockers, right. There's lockers in the stadium, there's lockers in the facility. And if you're going to be six feet apart, most of these, whether it's a stadium or the facility on its own, doesn't have the space to handle that. So they're going to be split. You're going to have to, you're going to have to basically have, have maintenance personnel that's going to have to clean and disinfect um, and do all of that. And I think some clubs are concerned about, okay, if I have a max of let's say 80 people in tier one, um, are my cleaning people a part of that? Is that going to count 
Whereas, you know, I, I also have people that are on the medical side that need access to the players when they're recovering from, you know, from injuries, whether it's a chiropractor, whether it's a masseuse, whether it's the athletic trainer, um, can they can they be flexible with those numbers? So I think that's something that we'll see um, coming out of this call and, and the league is going to have to clearly define, you know, who has access to players um, and uh, and what, you know, what they can do. Because, again, think about it. There's still – they're still they're waiting for training camp start dates. They're waiting for the protocols there, um, travel protocols, media po- protocols. Um, who you know who can be at practice? Are there going to be practices where the media can come, like in in a normal world? Um, all of these things have to be figured out. And then obviously the testing. What happens when somebody tests positive? Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And 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 I think. Everybody's optimistic that the NFL will play, and I and I'm optimistic. I do feel like the NFL has a greater chance than college football, just because college football there's so many layers. We've already seen, I think one college was at Bowden. Bowden College has already canceled fall athletics. It's a small Division three college. Obviously, that's not Ohio State, but it is a possibility that other colleges could follow suit if they're not going to have students on campus. If they're concerned about about the the social distancing and everything else, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how that how that plays out. Hopefully, we'll have more information. But again, in all of this, it couldn't have happened at a better time for the NFL, right? Just the end of their season, they have all off season to work through this. Where the other sports obviously have been impacted greater. Um, and jumping to the other sports, MLB um, news on lot, that too. A lot of news, a lot of news on MLB. So the owners. The owners did put forth a schedule, 60 game schedule. That's what, what they're going to play. And look, what this means is unless the players strike, which would be completely just insane, we're going to have a baseball season, right? Unless the players strike or obviously something happens with COVID where it just makes it, it's just unsafe. But if, if that doesn't happen, the COVID aside, then, then we're going to have a baseball season, 60 games. Um, What's interesting is that, right, that the owners were, were, were proposing all these different deals, and, and basically what it came down to was the players are going to get 37% of their, of their salary. And when you think about 37%, 37% of their salary, Mike Trout, who's the highest-paid ba- player in baseball for 2020, what, what do you think Mike Trout is going to make for 2020 at 37% of his annual salary? Seven mil. How much? Seven. Travis? 10? I don't remember what his number is. 14. He'll make 14, 14. out of his wow. 37, roughly $37.5 million annual salary. He'll get $14 million. The, the major league minimum at 37% will, will still be $208,000. So, so again, that's, that's, a, that's still a good salary for most people. Um, but you think about major league baseball players making $200,000 a year, that, you know, in 2020, that seems unheard of um, how's he supposed to live off of that kind of money dean what do they expect <laughs> 200 if you can't live off two hundred thousand dollars a year no i think he's talking, talking about, about trout, trout. <laughs> eight mil uh, 14 million he doesn't trout doesn't strike me as the guy that's living the extravagant lifestyle no I, way he just doesn't he see you know he's, he's from philly blue collar just doesn't doesn't strike me as somebody that's driving around and like you forget it. Like it even for me, like I, I grew up very blue collar, but if I was making thirty-seven million dollars a year, ooh, ooh, 
Would you be living the high life? <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't be driving a. Uh, I wouldn't be driving a Tesla, Joe. I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't be driving. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be living in. Uh, you know, a, a two bedroom condo. I'd be in a. I'd be in a much in a much uh, nicer spot. But anyway, so that's the deal with salary. But what's interesting about sixty game schedule. Um, playoffs will still be 10 teams. So you're still going to have your, you're still going to have your 10 teams um, in, in the playoffs, but some of these rules that, that I've read that are going to be implemented for 2020, um, it looks like the universal DH. So the NL will have a DH for 2020 only, which I hope and pray that that's it because I hate the DH and I want the DH to never be in the NL. Well, originally they wanted it for this season and 2021 season. They, the players said, no way. Thank you, players, for that. Thank you, MLBPA. <laughs> so it'll be for this season, um, for health and safety, right? And, uh, and then, um, but the one that's really interesting that, that I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, is for the regular season, they're going to use the minor league extra innings rule. And so after the ninth inning, if the score is tied, each half inning will start with a runner on second base. So that's going to be in the major leagues this year in the regular season. It'll be, it'll be the, the guy that made out the last inning. He will be the runner. He'll start on second base. So it's nobody out man on second. And if that runner, if that run scores, it's an unearned run. It's like he got on. So just, Hmm. just imagine every half inning will start with uh, a two base error, like a guy getting on and, and that's going to be – so they don't want – right? They don't want the players – they don't want 15, 16, 17 inning games. Um, so from that perspective, it makes sense. But it's so gimmicky. Like it's just – like I don't want to watch – I don't want to watch a guy start on second base and then we're going to get into – which I like small ball, but we're going to now – we're going to bunt them over to third and then and then sack, sack fly, score the run. Yeah. And then the next, te- next team's going to do that and we're going to go – and we're going to go to another extra inning. And then it's just – so It definitely doesn't cut down the probability of that – the game ending sooner or quicker that's the but, idea though right that's i know I, but 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 the scenario you just played out like that is what teams do like if you get a guy in second you almost think like we're gonna score like you think a high man probability second, we're gonna score man on second nobody out i don't know what the percentages are but i would imagine it's a pretty good percentage that you're right. Gonna score, right you still got it right you got to get them to third and then right man on third one out you right if you if you're playing baseball the way it's supposed to be played, you hit the ball to the right side yep. or you, you get, you know, you get it in the air to the outfield and you knock them in and you get the, you get the RBI. Right. So, but it's, it is, it's just, I, it's just crazy to think baseball's always like they've had rules, right. You have rules like the, the all-star game decided the world series, which I would have thought, which I thought was so crazy. Thank, thankfully they got rid of that. Um, but they're not they're not scared to kind of go outside the box and, and try different things. So um kudos to them. It was our first love, right? All three of yeah. us. So, so we can't I, I like this rule, but not in a shortened season where every single game is gonna mean so much. Like it may every be every game's it, gonna count, right? Every every, game, every one of those sixty games is gonna be huge, as they like to say. Huge with a capital <laughs> U. And and it's gonna be interesting. And then we talk about teams, right, that are the does does a sixty game season? Which teams does it help? Which teams does it hurt? And to me, you know, you always look at the best teams, 
right? The, the best teams over 162 game season will will play out, right? The cream will rise to the top, right? So you have your, you know, who are the favorites going into 2020, even before this, right? Not because I'm a fan, but the Dodgers had to be one of the favorites. Yeah, the Yankees, I think so too. Right? The, the you know, the Astros, I'll, I'll hate to say, um, but you have, you have certain teams that, that are, you know, favored to be, um, you know, at the end of the season. And I think it hurt those teams in a 60 game sprint. If you think about, right, you get an injury, you get a bad, right. You just, you know, the team goes cold, you get a bad start. If a team, if a team goes, you know, like a team starts out, you know, five and five and 20, Right, 162 game season, you can you can recover. In a 60 game season, you've already played (laughs) over a third of the games. You got to go on some kind of tear. So it is going to. I think the start is going to be key. And if any one of those favorites stumble out of the gate, it could mean that we're you know that we're looking at um, we're looking at some teams that maybe people didn't think about. And it always happens, right? You look at in a it's like a short series in postseason, right? The five-game series, the better teams, sometimes you get a hot pitcher, you get a team that's hitting the ball really well. Those those teams that aren't as good on paper can win those five-game series where you think a seven-game series, usually the best team is going to play out and win. But So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, you got to think it favors the teams that have like veteran pitching staffs who, you know, these guys who've gotten a little extra time to recover during the during the uh, the COVID, like they'll be able to, you know, like a, a national national team, like their chances repeating are probably a little bit better now when you have a Strasburg and and uh, why can't I think of his name here? Um, that'll be Scherzer. Scherzer, yeah, you have those two guys, like those two veteran pitchers who have had a lot of time to rest now, and if they come out just pitching lights out, like well, you're and, gonna, and you're gonna win every every couple think games. About, think about your pitching staff, right? You don't you don't have to save people's arms. Right. 60, right. 60 games. There's no innings counts. Right. You don't have to you don't have to give guys extra rest. You can start you can start on, on your normal five days rest um, and pitch. You don't have to worry about in a 60 game season. Um, some of these veteran pitchers, like you said, they can they they don't have to they don't have to save themselves for the postseason because they're in the stretch run. Like you're already because you think about if we're playing a 60 game season, 102 games in, you know, where are we? We're, we're, we're like in August, right? You know, we're, we're already, you know, nearing toward the end of, you know, the latter part of the season. And uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how it all plays out. I just hope, hope, hope that we do get a season. Um, Well, uh, the players have agreed we, it's more breaking news during the show. This is uh, maybe our new favorite time to to record. It said the MLBPA has agreed to report to camp on July 1st to play the 60 game season yeah, I mean, that was, that, I don't think that's a surprise. Like I said, they would have had to strike, and that would have been completely disastrous, catastrophic. So that's good. They're going to report to camp, and it looks like you know. And that's the thing: if they had, if they had, if they had gotten the the labor stuff out of the way, we might we might have been seeing real games on July Fourth instead of you know the end of July August, like we are going to now. And again, the hot dog eating contest is still going on though, so we're good with that. No fans, though. No fans at the hot dog eating contest. No fans. Oh, the hot dog eating contest is still going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be six feet apart. They're going to be six feet apart. (laughs) 
It is going to be. It's interesting because I'm not traveling. Every year I usually go back to New York on July 4th, last couple of years. And this will be my first July 4th in California for a little bit. Um, so that'll be in case anybody's interested. That's, that's my oh, update, Travis. MLB, okay. <laughs> uh, NHL, not a ton. They are – I'm reading that they're narrowing down the two hub cities. Um it sounds like to me, if I had to, if I had to put money on it, I like Vegas and I like Toronto as my two. Toronto in the east, Vegas in the west. Um, but it sounds like there's still there's still a lot to be decided there. They're supposed to announce the two hub cities in a uh, a week or so. Canada does present some issues. Um, Canada has, you know, they have restricted um, travel over the border in and out of Canada until I believe July 19th, 20th, somewhere in there. So that obviously will be something to keep an eye on. And, um, you know, players testing positive, Austin Matthews, um, who, you know, superstar Toronto Maple Leafs um, is, uh, was tested positive. So again, you're just going to have to keep monitoring this and we're going to hear about these tests. Um, That's the other thing. Um, Are you guys okay? You're okay with me saying huge. Are you okay that the Toronto Maple Leafs, plural, are not the Leafs? You cool with that? I never even thought about that. That's that's, uh, that's not quite right, is it? (laughs) I'm not okay with that. You're not? You'd rather them be the Maple Leafs? Well, that's grammatically correct. I think we have to stick to that, right? I think, but but they've always been the Maple Leafs. You never realized I honestly have never even thought about that. that And this is the first time. Yeah, they're the Maple Leafs. Well, I know their name, but I never thought about that. Yeah, I know. I had never thought about that until this moment. There you go. A lot of breaking news in this show. (laughs) July 21st is the the day the restriction is lifted between the July 21st, okay. So they might not affect them unless they extend it. Unless they extend it. I've got a question for you, Dean. Yeah. Since we talked a little about the hot dog eating contest. What do you think the over-under is? On the winner, sixty. Trav, uh, I was going to say sixty-five. Seventy-one and a half. Good God! What? <laughs> How many did he eat last time? Well, not well. Now you're you're asking me questions I'm not ready for. Let's see. Well, Joey Chestnut has won the last however many. What did he eat last year? Let's see. Hot dog eating record. Seventy-nine. Seventy-four. Right? No, but he didn't year. eat seventy-four last year. Yeah, 2018, oh, 2018 contest, he ate 24 hot dogs in 10 minutes. 2019. 2019. Who won the hot dog eating contest 2019? Joey Chestnut. Did. Well, I know he won it. I'm looking for 71. Speaking of throwing up after a workout, do you consider this a workout, and do you throw up after this? Dude, oh, how could I have to throw up? Oh, I'd love God, to so see. <laughs> I want to see if you could eat 71 hot dogs in 24 hours. I couldn't, I couldn't I eat 71 hot dogs in 24 I years. I don't think I could. I did the way they do it and that the competitive eating is fascinating because it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole like thing. It's a movement and they go and there's all these records. Like you could, if you, if you look, you could Google, you know, most, most um, hard boiled eggs in, in 10 minutes, most, you know, chili peppers. And it's insane. They do, they set these records and they actually work out. They expand their stomach. There's a, there's a science to this. Because the, the the human stomach is not designed, and neither is the human stomach. Oh, stomach has a silent H. Nobody makes makes a deal about that. But the it's not. It, it wasn't made to to take in 
70 hot dogs and buns in, what is it, 12 minutes? 10 minutes. 10 minutes? That's Seven insane. hot dogs in a minute. And think about, think about the advances in hot dog eating when, it, when I think it was Kobayashi who started the technique With the of dipping wetting of the water, the buns, yeah. Wetting the buns to allow for easier, you know, intake. It's nuts. You know what? Maybe that's what we should do for the 4th of July. Me, you. No, I'm not going to be. A gang of hot dogs and just see if we could do 70 in a day. The three of us, I don't think, could do 70. 70 in a day? That's three in an hour? Dude, we could definitely do that. two hot dogs. If I I go to barbecue and I have two hot dogs with buns and I'm full. Like, I'm like good. Did you say mayo? What's that? Did you say mayo? No, mustard. Okay. I thought you said mayo. I was going to. We mayo. were going to go down a whole path. Mayo and anything. Mayo should be like banned. There's nothing good. There's no redeeming quality. Another interesting fact about the hot dog eating contest: he's a minus eleven hundred favorite. That's a huge favorite. He's, there's nobody that touches him now. It's not even. It's not. A, it's a question of whether he can break his own record. That's it. I might get into this, but still, minus eleven hundred is that. That's still not the biggest underdog in history. The biggest oh, favorite. Oh no. 64 no. to 1 Tyson, right? Yeah. Well, it started there. I think it went off at what, 44? Oh, no, I started. I think it landed at 36. I'll, I'll look it up, but we talked about it before. I thought it was 43, but okay. Um, all right. Well, who let's, let's, next week, let's lay some, let's, Joe, put some bets out for us on the hot dog eating contest. Yeah, and next week, we'll make some predictions. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's go to break. Come back. I don't know. We'll talk about stuff. I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're going to talk no, about some stuff. About about. Show 42. Next on Good Call. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like 
being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, we're back on Good Calls. And in honor of our 42nd show, uh, we want to discuss who is the greatest player to wear number 42. Um, so many great players, uh, but I think, and obviously, as we think about what's happening in the country today, it, it certainly is, is is appropriate. But to me, with 42, it starts and ends with Jackie Robinson. I mean, you, you think about how many how many players um, have a day in their sport where everybody wears their number, right? On Jackie Robinson Day, when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in in Major League Baseball. Um, Everybody wears 42. I believe now that the number is retired across the sport. That's correct. And, uh, and you know, so for me, I think we take Jackie Robinson out of it. And, and, and it he, seems fair. He kind of is at the, he's at the top. And then we kind of say, okay, who, who is the next best to wear 42? And there, there were some legit 42s. And just to name a few, you said Ronnie Lott, Mariano Rivera, Sid Luckman, James Worthy, Paul Warfield, Bruce Sutter, Mo Vaughn, Pat Tillman. I mean, out of that group, you're talking about, I mean, that's the cream of the crop right there. Um, you know, I think staying with baseball, you probably, for me, of that list, it's tough. But I, I think it's, for me, it's between Ronnie Lott and Mariano Rivera. Yeah, I think those are the two you yeah. yeah, those are the two favorites for me as well. I think you look at obviously James Worthy was an unbelievable player. Sid Luckman, um, Paul Warfield, Bruce Souter, who was pro- who was I, you know really you think about the the age of the closer and Bruce Souter was one of the first great closers um, along you know during that three hundred save guy. You know exactly. Um, you know Mo Vaughn, great player. I don't think Mo Vaughn is 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 in the category. Um, of some of these other guys and certainly Pat Tillman I think Pat Tillman as a symbol what right. what he represented I think that's um, you know certainly a great player played at Arizona State played for the Cardinals but I think what he represented somebody in the prime of their career going off to to serve his country and and ultimately paying the the, the greatest sacrifice um, is is certainly the symbol um, is is amazing and the person that he was but if we're talking about on the field performance, it's Rivera and Ronnie Lott, right? And these are two um, two guys that that are in the are. I, I don't think it's a debate with Rivera, um, and it's probably a maybe there's a debate, but I still think he's number one at their position, right? Mar- Mariano Rivera, as much as it pains me to say, because I hate the Yankees, is the greatest closer of all. Time. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, unanimous Hall of Fame, the only player that's gone into the Hall of Fame unanimously, which is crazy that there's only been one, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Like, baseball writers, get your shit together. Stop being an asshole. <laughs> Seriously. Because if, 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 if guys like Willie Mays and Sandy Koufax and, 
and and Ted Williams and and you know Hank Aaron aren't getting in unanimously. Like what what are we doing? Like what is that about? So, but Mariano Rivera, yes, um, greatest closer of all time. Ronnie Lott, you know who 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 else would you put in the same category from a safety perspective? You know, better than Ronnie Lott. You know, just trying to think of Troy Polamalu. Um, you know, Palomalu, I think Ed Reed, you've got, you know, I'm trying to think of, of, of players from, from that era of seventies and eighties um, into the, into the nineties, um, you know, probably, you know, I think those are, those are so guys, those are some of the guys I just want to, let me see. I'll Google. Well, the night train lane. Was he a, was he a, oh, he was he a corner. Back. He was a yeah. corner. Sean Taylor was a corner too, or was he a safety? Sean Taylor was it was a safety. I, I don't know if Sean Taylor played enough. Gosh, he was so what, good, though. I'll tell you what. You know, Finn, Jim Finn, who was on the show, he's a friend of mine. And when I asked him who was the nastiest dude he's ever faced, he said, without a doubt, Sean Taylor. He said that Sean guy Taylor was, was a monster. Stud. I mean, Sean Taylor was on was on the, those those Miami, you know, Hurricane teams. Um, some of the guys listed here, you know, you've got Jack Tatum. Um, probably more remembered for the Daryl Stingley hit. Brian Dawkins played um, played more recently. Deron Cherry was a great player with the Chiefs. Um, Willie Wood, um, old man Willie. Um, you've got some Ed Reed we mentioned. Steve Atwater, great player. You remember the hit on, uh, on Christian Okoye. Uh, Joe mentioned Troy Palomalo. Larry Wilson played with the Cardinals, Hall of Famer. Um, Paul Krause played. All right. You know, I have a question for I, you. Come on. I'm going through my list. I know, but it's, we're, it's maybe three or four guys. It's Ronnie Lott. Okay. It's Ronnie here's Lott. my question. And since you have some inside NFL information, was the cutting of the fingers off thing, is that a true story or is that a myth? It's a true story. And I'll tell you a Ronnie Lott story. Here's, a, here's my Ronnie Lott story. <laughs> so, yes, it's a true story. Um, One of the greatest stories. It was, you know, that he was either, you know, he wasn't going to be able to play. And then they said, okay, just, and it's not his whole pinky. It's, it, you ever meet Ronnie Lott? It's, it's part of the pinky. <laughs> it's like the top half. So he has like a nub. Um, and yes, like, you know, just get rid of it and, and, and he can play. Mm-hmm. Here's my, my Ronnie Lott story. Ronnie Lott um, was on, there was a, there, there's a, a group called the Player Safety Advisory Panel. Um, which is a group of former players, coaches, um, medical people that uh, John Madden shares with the NFL. And they they advise the commissioner and the competition committee on issues related to obviously player safety. Ronnie Lott was on this was on this panel. And uh, and so, you know, I used to be on conference calls with them and work with Coach Madden on it and meetings. And and I remember it was 2010, 2011. And this was when the league really started to look at hits on defenseless players, especially hits on receivers. And if you remember the Steelers at that time, you know, were coming off the Super Bowl championship. They had, you know, James Harrison and some of these guys in, in, in the secondary, Ryan Clark and some of these Troy Palomalo, big, big hitters. And, and there was just some high profile hits that were illegal. And the league really started to crack down on those hits. And it was a big, big bone of contention with the players, especially the defensive backs and the safeties, um, saying that how how do you expect me to make that play when the receiver, right, the receiver jumps to catch a pass. My aiming point is in the chest, and then the receiver comes down to the ground, and I end up getting him in the head. 
How am I supposed to adjust at full speed? And, and it was interesting. Now, here I am, like, right, I'm in officiating. I can't tell Troy Palomalu or Ryan Clark or Brian Dawkins, I can't tell them what they, they can and can't do, right? I, I can only tell them what the rule is and what you have to avoid. So hearing from me was only going to go so far. But Ronnie Lott, Ronnie Lott got up and said, listen, he said, early in my career, and this is Ronnie Lott played right in the, in the 80s and 90s. This was, we're talking about 2010 and beyond. He said, early on in my career, I realized that I had to change the way I played or else I wasn't going to play in the National Football League very long. I was, hmm. I was going to injure myself and I wasn't going to play. So that carried so much weight when somebody like Ronnie Lott says, hey, I changed the way I played. I was able to do it. You can too. And, the, and, and it was just like, okay, like, you know, screw that Blandino guy. Ronnie Lott, you know, this is a guy that is, you know, considered the greatest safety of all time, considered one of the toughest biggest hitters of all time. And he said, look, you can't adjust and you have to adjust or you're not going to stay in this league very long. And that really hit home. And I remember him telling me, Ronnie telling me that, telling it to the players. And, uh, and it was really important to, to, to hear that uh, because, again, those player safety rules are there to not just protect the player getting hit, but they're to protect the player who's, who gets, who delivers the hit. And, uh, and so that was, you know, I thought Ronnie Lott stepped up and, uh, and really made an impact there. So. That's a, that's a great story. Like I, we didn't know going into this show when I was putting the rundown together, like that was going to come out of it. Like the, the stories that you have are just, it's amazing. And I, the, one thing I take away from that Ronnie Lott story is it just shows you the great players just make adjustments. And, and these guys who always make these, make excuses about stuff like, yeah, they just, they just, they go away. No, like, they, and, and there were, and there, Mike Tomlin made another comment in a meeting where, you know, this is a guy that, you know, was coaching a team that was, you know, that was winning um, because of how physical they played and because of the, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of what they were doing on the defensive side of the ball, they had good offense as well um, with Roethlisberger and, 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 and some of the guys on the offensive side, but defense was what was doing it. And that's always been the Steelers kind of calling card. Um, and we kept hearing over and over, how am I, how am I supposed to make that play? If I, if I, if I can't hit that guy in the head because of where my body is positioned, I can't, I can't not hit him in the head. How am I supposed to make that play? And Mike Tomlin stood up, and this is a guy who, who has a lot riding on, on, on these games, and he said, you know what? Sometimes you just can't make that play. You know, you just can't make that play. That, that's, that's the reality of it. If, you, if you've got to hit him in the head, you can't make that play that way because you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt the player. You're going to hurt the team. And we got to figure out another way to do it. And, and that's the, the, the amazing part about what NFL athletes, and I'm sure it's for other sports, but my experiences with NFL players, they adjust. Whatever rule change you throw at them, they adjust. And the fouls may, you may get an uptick initially, but they tend to level off because players adjust, coaches adjust, and they know what they're doing. They know what techniques to teach. They know how to coach bad technique out of the game. And you still see 15 to 16 fouls a game historically, even with all the player safety rules that have been added over the last however many years. And that's a, that's because the players and coaches know what they're doing and they know how to adjust. And uh, and and that's you know that's what it is. But um, so if we're going to say Mariano versus Ronnie Lott, who's the greatest 42 outside of Jackie Robinson? I'm, I'm voting for Lott. Dude, cut his finger off. 
can't lose. Like you can't see Mariano Rivera being cut off my finger. Let me go pitch. No, do you, he's first a pitcher. Of, well, yeah, dude, yeah, if Jim it was his glove hand, one arm. If it was his left hand, maybe. Listen, and he pitched one inning a game. I'm sorry, he was great at what he did, but you pitched one inning a game, bro. This guy's out there. Did you, destroying you just, people. Did you just bro Mariano Rivera? Yeah, I bro him. him. So toughness factor. Quote of the day. Toughness you factor. Pitch one, you pitch one inning, bro. Yeah. bro. Let's put it on a shirt. Bro, you pitch one inning, bro. If I was negotiating <laughs> his contract and his agent came and was like, we want $24 million, bro, you pitch one inning. Let's extrapolate that <laughs> over the course of a whole season. I think Steinbrenner said that to them one time, to his agent. He's like, bro, he pitches one inning. <laughs> well, me and Steinbrenner got a lot in common. Travis? <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ronnie Lott because when you think of big hits, and if you pull up the, the tape on that guy, the hits are incredible. Like he just hits people; they go down, and he kind of just they, doesn't look like he's even phased. We had him recently on one of the FS1 shows in the in the highlights that were were playing when he was talking. The, the guy just leveled people, and it just never seemed to phase him. And he cut his finger off. And yeah, bro, I, you pitched. I, and bro, you pitched one inning. I think. <laughs> I, I don't and look I am I am as I am as anti Yankee fan as you will ever find, um, and I always I do recognize the greatness of Mariano Rivera and he does he did only pitch one inning bro, but <laughs> it was the most important inning and if we if anything if anything if anything history has taught us about baseball is the hardest three outs are the last three outs yeah and those Yankee teams didn't have to worry about the ninth inning, especially in the postseason. Right. He was didn't lights have out to worry about the last three outs. I've watched, I've watched, I'm a Dodger fan, whatever team it is, you don't, it was over. Like it was over. The closest that I experienced that for my team was when Eric Gagne, and we know that, that he wasn't doing it, you know, cleanly, but when Eric Gagne you know, saved whatever the record was, saves in a row. Like it was lights out. He came in and the game was over. And that's what Rivera was throughout his career, especially in the postseason. All that said, screw the Yankees, Ronnie Love. <laughs> yeah, my hatred for the Yankees is there too. Ravenna, uh, Mariano Rivera closed out way too many games against my twins. Back in um, the days, your twins crushed me every because I want the Yankees to lose. And it's like, oh, they're playing they never the twins. Could do it. They're yeah. playing the twins, and, and it's the, like, uh, and it's not even like a series. No, the like, twins haven't won a game in in New York in thirty years, like, right? It's oh my god. <laughs> At least it feels like it. Ugh. And they've had good teams. Yeah. Um, all right, the other here's one that I wanted to throw at you. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, the timing, right? We have an hour and I, and I broke up the hour into four 15 minute segments. Okay. Which 15 minute segment in the hour goes longest, feels the longest and which feels the shortest. The longest. So in our show, no, in life, when you, when you're sitting there and you have an hour, right? It's coming. Say it's coming up on four o'clock is four to four 15. 415 to 430, 430 to 445, or 445 to 5 o'clock. Which feels the oh, longest? Oh, it's always the, the last one. I think the it's last the last one feels the longest? Yeah. Because you start to get that anticipation, like, oh, I'm almost getting ready to leave. Yeah, th- I wanted to go what that way, too. But something fun? 
Well, you have to you have yeah. to tell us that. I'm thinking of jail time. <laughs> I just think on it on on in general for me, the one that feels the longest. I don't know why is is thirty to forty five. I don't know why. This is it the brain of Black Gate. Like, what is going on in your head? Do you actually think about these things? <laughs> Quarantine, dude. So here's the other thing for me. How do you picture how do you picture time in your mind? I don't. Or 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 dates. How do you picture that? Or days of the week. See, I picture it. I picture day days of the week. There's boxes, and it goes from right to left. And Monday is the Sunday is the first box, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it, it gets progressively the shading changes as you go through the week. Wow! <laughs> yeah, can you draw this? Can, can you put this together? And we'll, I want I need to see this. I'll uh, draw. What are I'll you draw. like, Rain Man? Now, what is, what's going on? <laughs> That's what I picture in my mind. Same thing for the calendar in the month. It starts at one and it goes right to left and it works its way up. And each it's like a calendar, but it's not like what you would normally picture a calendar. It's one line that goes across. Okay. It's a timeline. Um, yeah, it's just a timeline. I, a timeline. I, you know how I picture a calendar? Just open up your iPhone. It, it looks exactly like that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, but 30 to 45 goes the longest for me. I've never once even considered thinking about that. Yeah, I, I have to. I have to go with Joe on that. Like, I, the only thing I would instantly think of, I wouldn't think of the fun things I'm doing. It's like you're not watching the clock when you're doing that. It's like when you're thinking about getting out of work, and you're like, okay, can I duck out of here a little early? All right, so you're no, thinking about I can't. getting out. You're thinking about getting out of work. You have an hour left. You have an hour left in your day, and you know you can leave at five o'clock. It's now four o'clock. Which one of those fifteen minute segments is going to go the quickest, and which one? And you're doing the same thing. Whatever your job is, you're doing the same thing. Which one's going to feel the quickest and which one's going to feel the longest? I have to think the longest is just the last 15 minutes. See, I, I don't think that way because at that, you're already at the end. Ah, you're, kiss, yeah, so you're on the downslope of it. Maybe you're that 4.15 to 4.30, you're like, oh, man. That's if like, I could just get to 4.30, I'll be, I'll be, I'm in the clear. I'm, I'm, on the, like I'm on the slope. Because I want to get to 4.35 because now I'm start packing up. You convinced right? me. So now I'm packing no, which, up at 4.45. So 4.30 to 4.45 is the biggest hump. See? Like, which set of your, of your intensive exercise or <laughs> whatever it was is the hardest? It's always the last. No, it's not. It's not the last because you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, that's, this might be a, a pull. We should put this out because I think it's the end. I, I agree because when I'm doing these workout classes with my wife, I didn't want to talk about it earlier. I do these 30-minute workout classes <laughs> with my wife now in the garage. What? I don't throw up after them, but I tell you what, when that when that instructor on YouTube tells me 10 seconds left, I'm like repping hard. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> and I'm down 10 pounds too, Dean. <laughs> nice. Well, so I've, these workouts with your wife, huh? Yeah. All right. That's cool. I motivate eight, her and she motivates me. Where are the eight kids when you guys are working out? The two kids, this is the one time in the day when their uh, naps will line up and we're able to get outside for a half hour. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. You got a bonus. Let's go. Let's do Brina Blandino. Uh-huh. People that smoke indoors. Okay. People <laughs> who smokes indoors anymore? Uh, yeah. My aunt. My aunt does. Who smokes anymore? Period. Who smoke? No. There's people still smoke, but who? People that smoke indoors are next level. Like that's next level. If you like, there's something. I'm not a smoker. And kids, remember, don't smoke. 
Okay. <laughs> right. But there's some, there's kind of like a badassery element to somebody that just lights this in, in your living room, like a guest and just lights one up. Just, just like, like that's, that's giving absolutely no. And, and that was the norm. For how long? Like well, you could smoke on airplanes back in the day. Smoke on airplanes. You could smoke in an office. You could smoke like there wasn't a boardroom in America where people weren't just right smoking heaters. Like you're pretty, you're pretty old, Dean. Was did you ever? Were you ever on a plane when people were smoking? No. God, you're could you imagine old, how horrible <laughs> that would be? I mean, I remember. I remember, remember bars. I remember bars and I remember smoking section in restaurants. Yeah, bars were terrible. Restaurants were bad. I remember the wait in the non-smoking section was too long. I'd be like, all right, I'll go sit in the smoking section. And then I'd get a pack of Marlboros from the the cigarette machine. Horrible. I don't even like doing Vegas casinos anymore because it's just hard to breathe. Well, remember what your clothes smelled like after a night out at the bars? Oh, yeah. Smoking bars? Yeah. Clothes smell like an ashtray. Yeah. Well, that's what I always just always thought of, like asking people, like, how long is it until Vegas has smokeless casinos? Like, will that happen? Like, I don't know because then because they would that would that would eliminate a big big portion of their of their customers. Yeah, there's one at every table, and and, and there's like just people that sit at the slots with their bucket and their and their you know their parliaments and they just go at it like. Pulling that we pulling that lever and smoking cigarettes, um, but I, I do think that anybody that smokes indoors is uh, is next level, like without question. Where did you even come like up with this? Like, like, who's doing that? You've seen this recently. He said his yeah. aunt, my aunt. It's nuts. My, like, even my even my brother doesn't smoke inside. Like he'll go outside of the house. He doesn't give an f about anything. Yeah, my brother. And he too. would even go outside the house. He's actually moved to the vaping, and then that then that's a whole new thing. It's like, well, it doesn't smell. Is it okay if I do it inside? Nah, just go outside, dude. Yeah, they want to do it. In the, they want to do it in the Tesla. Come on, bro. Now they're coming. Yeah, no bro. way, right? No, dude. The Tesla. The Tesla. I, I think doesn't the Tesla have an automatic ejection seat if if it smells? No, but it <laughs> does. No, but it does have a clean air filter filtration system. It definitely does. Like Elon Musk is putting something in there. Like yeah. you, you if you smoke in a Tesla, they they zap your life force, and you you live on top of the smoking. You live like an additional five years. I'm less. glad that we talked about the Tesla because I was going to bring it up earlier when we were talking about the cameras. Because, the, I mean, the Tesla's got cameras all over them. They're constantly recording. If you scratch my car, I'll know it was you. Just so you know. Although, you're, although you, can't, you can't charge your Tesla at the Fox lot. No. <laughs> for all, the, for all the, great, the great technology it has, you Still can't the best it prank in. you've ever played. Uh, it, I don't know if it was a prank. I don't know. That might have just been karma. I don't know. All right. All right. Yeah. This has been Good Calls with Dean Blandino. Please follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino and Instagram at Dean.Blandino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Rules Podcast. And be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeartRadio app and on Apple. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.